And as we come to the end of the Lord's Prayer this evening, it's been my prayer throughout this that this series on the Lord's Prayer has been like a good book on prayer. A good book on prayer should make the reader close the book and then want to pray. So it's the intention of the series on the Lord's Prayer not to just give us intellectual knowledge about what all these petitions mean, but it's preached in order that it makes us more a people of prayer. For we need that, don't we? We need to be a people of prayer. And if you make any New Year's resolutions, let me encourage you to make one just to pray more. That's a good resolution to make. Let us be, this year, a people more of prayer than we were last year. We come to this last petition, but it's in the second section of the Lord's Prayer. The first section we have discussed talks of our Father as Lord, as our Master. And so we pray that our Lord's name would be hallowed, that his kingdom would come, and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. In this second section of the Lord's Prayer, we relate to our Father as our Saviour, the one who provides for our needs. And we looked at how he supplies the three biggest needs that we have. He gives us provision in daily bread. He gives us the biggest spiritual need we have of pardon. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And tonight we see that God provides the need of protection as we ask God to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is God's provision of protection. Before we delve into the, uh, the petition, I want to address, to start with, two difficulties that we have in understanding what this means. The first difficulty is with the definition of two words. The first word is temptation. Does it mean temptation to sin, or does it mean a trial as in a test? Well, the word could actually mean either. And I think the ambiguity is there in order that we take it as both. Because both temptation to sin and trials as a test can be used by Satan to draw us from God. And we shall look at this petition as asking God for protection both from sin and from in trials. The second word that is difficult, perhaps, is the word evil. And the reason it's become difficult is because some translations of the Bible translate this as evil, the evil one. So sometimes it says, deliver us from evil, or sometimes it says, deliver us from the evil one. So which is correct? Commentators disagree, but I think both are correct. Just like with temptation having a double meaning, I think we should pray against evil. And if we do that, then the devil is absolutely included in those prayers as the evil one. The second difficulty I think we can have with uh, this petition is that it's a bit strange when we think of some other attributes of God in Scripture. Let me explain. 
James chapter 1 and verse 13 tells us that God tempts nobody. And so he cannot lead us into temptation for sin. He cannot tempt us to sin. But the Bible tells us that God does test us. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 6 says, The Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. So are we being asked to pray that God won't do something that he can't tempt us to sin, and to not do something that he will test us in our faith? This is where we need to understand what we are praying for in this petition. I'm going to put on the screen a quote by A.W. Pink that is helpful in this regard. He says that this petition, it is not to pray absolutely against all temptations, but that from the evil of temptation that we pray to be spared. It is not to pray absolutely against all temptations, but that from the evil of temptation that we pray to be spared. We are asking God whether in temptation to sin or in trials of our faith to protect us from the evil of them. The evil of temptation to sin is sinning. And so we pray that God would protect us from sinning. The evil that comes from trials is that we walk away from God or sin against him. And so we pray that in the time of trial, he delivers us from the evil of walking away from God and rejecting him or sinning against him in our trials. And the answer to this petition is that we are delivered from the evil of temptation or trial. And so as we look at this petition, we really are looking at three uh, different things. First of all, we look at perseverance in struggles. Then we look at prevention of sin And then finally, protection from Satan. Perseverance in struggles, prevention of sin, and protection from Satan. And in these, we will examine how we're tempted, how we pray, lead us not into temptation, and how we are delivered from the evil of that in answer to prayer. So firstly, perseverance in struggles. All of God's people suffer trials for their faith. A Christian whose faith cannot be tested has a faith that cannot be trusted. All Christians struggle in their faith at some point in their Christian lives. We are told often to expect trials. James chapter 1 and verses 3 to 5 tell us this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Joy in trials here is not jumping up and down with delight when you're going through a trial. That's not what the joy here means. But it is the joy to know that testing is not without a purpose for making us more like Jesus. It is the joy of knowing that God uses testing for our good and his glory. And as we persevere in trials, we become more mature 
And it's only through trials that our maturity is really shown. God does test us. And in doing so, he shows us our weaknesses. He reveals our dependence. And he causes us to be humble. He cures us from laziness or nominalism of our faith. And he enables us to help others who are going through trials. All these things are things we should count as joy. It should give us joy that God shows us where we're weak, that he reveals that we are dependent on him. It would be horrible if he just left us on our own. But in his grace, he shows us that we are dependent upon him. It's grace that we are humbled. It is grace that God doesn't just leave us in lazy Christianity, but shakes us up at times when we need it. And it's good that we can help others as they go through their struggles. Through these things, God turns our temptations into good. However, although we consider it joy in trials, it does not mean that we cannot pray for the trials to go away. Remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. We've looked at this uh, a few times in the Lord's Prayer, so we're not going to go into it in too much detail, but remember what he prayed. He said, Lord, if there's any other way, would you take the cup from me? Jesus prayed that God would lead him not into temptation, but deliver him from evil. And so it's not wrong to pray that the trial goes away. So we can pray that God would spare us from illness, from financial disaster, from miserable work, for protection for our children. All these things are good and right that we pray them, But in the garden, Jesus submitted also to the will of God. And when Jesus had to go through his trial, the Bible tells us God sent an angel to strengthen him. So we pray that God would take it away or that God would give us the strength we need to go through the trial. This shows us that as we pray to God, we pray that we would either be delivered from the trial itself that it would go away, or that he gives us the strength to endure it. That is how we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil in the time of trial. Whilst God turns our trials into good, and we pray that our faith would be developed and we would grow more like Jesus in our trials, Satan uses or tries to use our trials to make us sin or turn away from God. He tries to cause us to doubt God in our trials and cause us to sin against him. And with this in mind, the petition asks God to deliver us from the evil that can come from trials. The Bible tells us that Jesus suffered when he was tempted and he is able to help those who are being tempted. We saw that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. In, uh, the, in the Gospel of Ma- Matthew and Luke, we see the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. And the wilderness is where Jesus was tempted like Israel was tempted. Israel was also tested in the wilderness with lack of food and water. But in the wilderness, Israel did not trust God. 
Israel doubted God's word and they complained through their trial. And they ended up being in the wilderness for 40 years. And those who originally doubted God never got to see the promised land. They failed the test. And the test of the faith of Israel showed their true colours. As I was thinking about this, an illustration came to my mind. When I used to work in an office, there was one particular office that I worked in that I wanted to make a cup of tea in. But because of health and safety, they would not allow boiling water to come from the vending machine. And so you just got this kind of warm, a bit more than warm, but a bit less than boiling water. And when you have water that's not boiling on a tea bag, you get this kind of froth that comes at the top, and the the flavour doesn't all come out of the bag, and it doesn't even turn the right colour. If you add milk, it just turns into a, 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 well, looks like dishwater. It's horrible. So I didn't have much tea after my first cup. But it made me think about how we react to trials. For a tea bag only shows its colour and its taste when boiling water is poured on it. And as Christians, we show our true colours and our taste for Jesus when we go through the time of trial. But it's at this time... When the heat is on, when we are suffering, that our trust in God is tested the most. And that's the time when we're most tempted to walk away. And it's from that evil that we pray against in this petition. When things are not as we think they should be, it's easy to walk away from God or to sin against him and use my trial as an excuse for my sin. But look at Jesus When he was in the wilderness, he was tested like Israel, but he never failed. He never sinned. He never doubted God's word. He was loyal to the word of God. Loyalty to God's word was shown in that when he was tempted to sin, he quoted the scriptures that he was loyal to, to Satan, and resisted the temptation. God's word delivered him from evil, And God's word delivers us from evil too if we live by it, especially when the trials are on. When we are tested and tempted to sin, God gives us his word to fight with. The Bible is described, uh, the Bible describes itself as a sword. It's a weapon of attack against sin, against the evil one. And so we should memorize the scriptures. Especially those scriptures where you know there will be trials. Memorize them. Bring them to your mind in your time of trial. Believe the words that you memorize. And be loyal to the words that you memorize. We cannot fight on our own. We need to acknowledge our need of God. And so we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In praying this, we are saying to God, spare me the trial, but deliver me from it if your will is for me to go through it. Let me say that again. We are saying to God, spare me the trial, but deliver me from it if your will is for me to go through it.
Jesus used scripture to enable him to persevere in suffering, but it also helps us, the scriptures, that is, to resist sin. And this is another area that we pray about in this petition. We pray for prevention of sin. First, we need to understand in this point that being tempted in and of itself is not sin. Being tempted is not sin. But it doesn't take much for us to understand why we pray for protection in temptation. For all of us know the enticing power of temptation to sin. Again, James chapter 1 is helpful here. He writes, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. God does not tempt us to sin, but he allows us to be tempted. And when we are tempted, it is only ever by our own evil desires that we are tempted. I mean, no one in this room has ever been tempted to read their Bible. The temptation is to leave it on the side to gather dust. No one here has ever been tempted to love their neighbor. The temptation is to gossip about them or to get one over on them. No one is ever tempted to do what is right. And so in praying, lead us not into temptation, we pray that God would protect us from sin. We say to the Lord, help me to avoid places, people, situations that cause me to be tempted. And in doing this, we are saying to God that on our own, we cannot avoid the temptation. It's a cry of weakness against the powers of evil, but with the knowledge that he who, that it, who, he who is in us is greater than the temptations that we face. This prayer delivers us from confidence in ourselves. And Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. He says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it. Paul says here, be be careful, be careful that you don't think, that you think that you're okay, that you ever think that that would never happen to me. Be careful, because when you think that will never happen to you, he says here, you will fall. In the mornings, as we've looked at 2 Samuel, we've seen David, the king of Israel, God's king, fall into gross sin. And perhaps some have thought, well, that could never happen to me. Beware. Beware. Perhaps you look on the news and you see horrible things and you would think, well, I could never do anything like that. Beware. Beware. Lest you fall. Always be on guard against sin. Never think, this could never happen to me. But Paul goes on to say that there is no excuse for falling into sin. Now, we need to be careful with this passage. Often, this passage is interpreted as, God will not give you more than you can cope with. That is a wrong interpretation. 
Actually, it's untrue. God always gives us more than we can cope with. And that's why we need to pray to the Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. He always gives us more than we can cope with so that we depend on him and he takes us through. And so God does provide a way of escape. There are no excuses when we sin. God has given us everything we need by his Holy Spirit to help us avoid sin. But more than that, the petition of the Lord's Prayer here asks us to help, uh, have help to avoid temptation in the first place. There's a helpful illustration in a book on the Lord's Prayer by a man called Richard Coken. It's called, the book's called Our Father. And I'm going to read you this illustration he wrote regarding this very point. An Australian billionaire who was seeking a helmsman for his magnificent yacht advertised this prestigious and lucrative role all over the world. And three of the finest yachtsmen on the planet gathered in Sydney Harbour to demonstrate their skills to the owner. The first revealed his dazzling skills as he steered the multi-million dollar boat within just a few yards of the harbour rocks at breathtaking speed. Everyone was impressed. The second helmsman was even more remarkable. He steered the beautiful craft within inches of the cliffs at top speed with all the sails up, and everyone was nervously thrilled. He was incredible. What could the last applicant do? Calmly, the final helmsman steered the luxury vessel out into the middle of the harbour, and all aboard everyone enjoyed a leisurely sail in calm, open water. The billionaire came to the last helmsman explaining, You are all incredibly skillful, but I don't want a helmsman who takes risks with my boat. I would rather employ someone who enjoys the calm safety of steering clear of potential disaster. You can see the point. We do not use the promise of a way of escape or a way out as some kind of spiritual body armor to just walk into temptation and think, well, I'll be fine. God says there's a way out. We do not even use this petition in the Lord's Prayer as an excuse to walk into a place where we know there's going to be struggle with sin. This prayer is that we avoid it altogether. So we don't pray for help not to look at a website and then go online and think we'll be okay because we've prayed. We steer clear of the internet altogether. We don't pray for help not to get drunk and then go and drink anyway. Steer clear altogether if you know that that's going to be a struggle for you. We don't pray for help not to go too far with our boyfriend and girlfriend and then spend time together alone in a house or in a room where you will be tempted. You don't spend time alone together in a house or in a room together until you're married. Steer clear altogether of the temptation in the first place. You can look at the way of escape as a train stop when you have a one-way ticket. When I used to work in Plymouth, I used to get the train from Plymouth to Ivybridge. 
But the stop after Ivy Bridge was a town called Totnes. And Totnes is a very spiritually dark place. It's the new age capital of our country. Whenever we've been there, you, you, you can sense the spiritual darkness of Totnes. But if I get on the train in Plymouth and I can get off at Ivy Bridge, but I decide I'm just going to go to Totnes, I have willfully ignored and missed God's way out. You see, God provides a way out usually before the temptation comes. The time to get off the train is at Ivy Bridge, not wait till the dark place of Totnes. Another incident on the train was that I fell asleep on my way home from work after a tiring day, and I woke up in Totnes, and I had to call Paula to give me a lift home. But there's a warning there for us too, for Jesus tells us, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he said this at the time when the disciples were doing what? Sleeping. Sleeping before their trial at the arrest of Jesus. They slept. And what was Jesus doing? He was watching and he was praying before the trial. A danger for us is to get so um, comfortable in our Christian lives and, and not even thinking about sin that we sleepwalk into that place of danger and we miss the way out through sleeping and not watching and praying. The Bible uses words such as be alert, be vigilant, be sober, watch all the time when it's talking about deliverance from temptation. The final part of the train illustration that I'll use for you is that there were some trains that went directly to London from Plymouth that did not stop at Ivy Bridge And the next stop was Totnes. There are times when you cannot avoid the place of temptation. You can't avoid office gossip if you're in an office and that's your place and you've got to be there and it's all around you. You can't become a recluse because there may be a scantily clad woman in the high street that you may see. You can't move out of home and become a hermit because someone you live with rises your anger levels. But we pray for protection in these areas too. But we pray before the temptation comes rather than sleepwalking into it. We watch and we pray. I know for me, I find it very helpful to pray through my day first thing in the morning. I'll know what's going to be happening in the day and I'll point out areas where I know I'm going to be tempted and struggle with that I can't do anything about. And I pray that the Lord would lead me, not to temptation, but deliver me from evil. But, more often than not, if we're honest with ourselves, temptation comes because we go looking for it. And we need to be radical about avoiding sin and praying for the strength to do those things that prevent us from sinning in the first place. As we pray this, God does deliver us from evil. He does provide the way out before we are tempted. And if we have to face the temptation, he provides the strength to flee. Think of uh, Joseph in the book of Genesis. 
he became the head of the house of a man called Potiphar. And Potiphar's wife tempted Joseph to sleep with her. She grabbed his cloak and called him to come to bed with her. But what did Joseph do? It says he left his cloak behind and he fleed the temptation. And we should be the same. We avoid it in the first place if at all possible. But when it does come, we flee. We run away and we trust in God. And that's why it's important that we spend time with God. If we want to be delivered from evil, we need to spend time with our Father. As We are called children of God. And the, the illustration of parents and children is always such a good illustration for our relationship to God. And one way I was, I, you can illustrate this is as having little children, when they cross the road, they are to hold their parents' hands. Because the parents know that across the road there is danger as the cars come through. And as children of our Heavenly Father, we are to walk through our lives holding his hand. The time we let go is the time when we get knocked over. Not by a car, but by sin. So be in regular prayer throughout the day regarding temptation. Share your struggles with other Christians so they can pray for you and keep you accountable. Use the resources of God's word that he has given us and use the way of escape that God has provided so that we may be delivered from the evil of sin. So we are to pray for perseverance in trials, prevention of sin, and finally, protection from Satan. There is one of two extremes that we go to with Satan. Either we say he doesn't exist and has no power, or we go to the other extreme and say that he is involved in everything and he's everywhere and everything that goes wrong is all to do with the devil. We need to come in the middle here and recognize that Satan is real, but he can only operate in ways that God allows him to. He is an enemy but he is not directly responsible for every temptation we face, which is why we can talk of evil in a more general way in the Lord's Prayer. When I am tempted by sin, it's not likely that it's Satan himself that's come to me, but there is evil that I am tempted with. And so we pray for deliverance from evil, but protection from Satan. And when we think of Satan, he is described as the ruler of the kingdom of the air. He has a kingdom of evil which we need protecting from. So when we use the term Satan, we can mean him personally, although it's unlikely, as I said, that he is personally tempting us because he's not omnipresent. But it also refers to his evil realm. And so when we pray for protection from Satan, we're praying for protection from the evil realm of Satan. How does Satan attack Well, he attacks in two ways, and they relate to the first two points that we've looked at. First of all, he disturbs our peace through trials. And secondly, he inflames our lust through temptation. Some trials come from the evil one. God allows the evil one to test us and to disturb our peace, 
You see that in the book of Job. But sometimes we're tempted through inflaming our lust, temptation to sin. And the Bible warns us to beware, to be watching, as we've said before. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 warns us about being on our guard against Satan. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. We have to be alert. We have to be on a war footing, if you like. Jesus himself prayed that we would be protected from Satan in John 17 and verse 15. He says, My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. I was reading a book in preparation for next week's table talk on fasting uh, by John Piper called A Hunger for God. And he described uh, prayer uh, as like like this. It should be more like a wartime walkie-talkie rather than a domestic intercom. More like a wartime walkie-talkie than a domestic intercom. We are at a war, in a war against the evil one, and we need to be constantly engaging with our Father, who is our captain, the captain of our faith. And we need protection, and we receive this through what we have talked about tonight, watching and praying. We pray to God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as we pray this, we find that God will deliver us from evil. He delivers us now through enabling us to resist the devil. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And it's not asking us, God never asks us to do something that we cannot do. But we can only do it through his strength and we pray to him in dependence. Help me, Lord, to resist. He delivers us now through using our trials and even our failings for good and for his glory. But ultimately, we are delivered when we get to heaven. Look at these wonderful words from Colossians chapter 1 and verses 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We have been rescued from a kingdom of darkness and are now in the kingdom of God. And one day we will be in heaven, finally delivered from evil, where we will never again be tempted to sin, where we will never again be going through trials of our faith. There will be no temptation, no suffering, no sin forever. Hallelujah. That is what God has done for us. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. So we can look back to the cross and there we see evil defeated, deliverance from evil. But we look forward with anticipation to the future in heaven where we see the victory finally realized, where we are with Christ in glory forever and the answer to the prayer will finally be given. We will be delivered from evil. And as we end the Lord's Prayer, as we are looking to the future, when we look to heaven, that is where the Lord's Prayer is finally answered in full. In heaven, God's name is always hallowed. When we are in heaven, his will will always be done. When we are in heaven, everything is provided 
always. In heaven, his kingdom has come. In heaven, we will see the forgiveness of sins and never have to confess ever again. And in heaven, we are delivered from evil forever. As we pray the Lord's Prayer, we look to the future. And at the future, all God's people can cry, Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have ultimately defeated evil, that you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that you love. We thank you for redemption, for forgiveness of sins, and that when we pray to you, our Heavenly Father, you answer our prayers. And so for tonight we pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There are people here going through trials of their faith. Lord, bring them through the trials that they will be more like Jesus. Lord, there are all of us here who are tempted every day with sin. Lord, help us to have a vision of Jesus that helps us to run to him and see the ugliness of sin for what it is, that you would deliver us from evil. Lord, may we take the way of escape that you give to us and not be foolish and think that we can cope on our own. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we uh, finish uh, this evening, we're going to stand and sing.